The bank is going to pay you every month. Now, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That's what a reverse mortgage is, right? Is it something we should tell our parents to look into? Or is it too good to be true? It's Seven Figures, presented by Family First Credit Union. From personal banking to business services and home loans, their number one priority is finding a solution that works for you locally. I'm your host, Sandy Waters. It is so important to protect the money that you work hard for. And that's really why I started this podcast, to protect you and your family, to protect me and my family from being taken advantage of. Because none of us wants to fall for a scam that's going to leave us in a financial crisis. But there are people, there are companies out there that prey on individuals who don't know a lot about personal finance. Perfect example, reverse mortgages designed for the elderly. I was just talking about it with my parents the other day. And my parents tend to be pretty savvy when it comes to finances. And they didn't even really understand everything there is to know about reverse mortgages. So I told them I was going to do some research. Here's my research. We're going to talk with the experts today. We cash in with Tom Dambra, CEO of Family First Credit Union, and Duncan O'Dwyer, attorney at Forsyth, Howe, O'Dwyer, Kelb, and Murphy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for, for having us. Can we explain what a reverse mortgage is? If you have substantial equity, it gives someone a way of accessing that equity all right, without having to make monthly mortgage payments. So instead of making monthly mortgage payments... Basically, they're drawing their equity out and they're receiving either monthly payments or all cash uh, or else they can set up a line of credit. So that's why they call it a reverse mortgage. And under the tax laws, the money that you pull out mm-hmm. is not taxable to you as ordinary income. So oh, okay. that, that it becomes fairly significant. Other things that are significant in the category are these are non-recourse loans. So that the only thing that the government can look to if the government is insuring these loans, and most of these are HECM loans insured through the FHA, Mm -hmm. uh, basically the only thing they can look to is the value of the home. They can't look to your personal assets if you can, in fact, pay back the money that you drew plus interest at the time you die, your estate, or, or the time you sell the house. All they can look to is the house. So one of the problems mm. that, that the FHA incurred several years back was when homes in California or in Arizona or in Florida started to lose half their value. What happened was that they basically were underwater. So if somebody died, all they could look to was the value of the house, and they had to sell it. They might not get back their money, but they're non-recourse loans, so the estate or the individual didn't have to pay a dime. They could only look to the house. So there's no personal liability on the obligation to pay back the money. So what happens is if 10 years goes by, this individual's taking money out, taking out their equity, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The same time they're doing that, the money they're taking out, there's interest that's accruing on that obligation. So when it's time to pay it back, if they sell the house, They got to pay back the money that they drew plus the interest. Plus the interest. Plus the interest they accrued. So they could be in at five and a half, six percent, somewhere in there. So is this a good idea? Do we like it? Thumbs up on reverse mortgages. I think that it has a very limited application to somebody. My experience of where it was utilized and didn't seem to be uh, uh, an onerous product. First of all, you keep title to your. Home. That's very important. You don't give up the title to your okay. home. So you hang on to the title. 
All right. So let's say that you're 75 years old. Yeah. Your mortgage is paid off. Yeah. You've lived in the home, let's say a widow, lived in the home, you know, most of a married life. Husband is dead. Widow living on Social Security. No other form of income. Okay. Wants to stay in the house, 75 years of age. And really has no way to do that, but she has a whole lot of equity. Has no mortgage on the house. Paid off years ago. So Social Security is not giving her enough for that. It doesn't impede your Social Security or your Medicare. It does impede Medicaid. If you're on Medicaid, problem. Okay? Okay. But Medicare and Social Security are not impacted by taking a reverse mortgage. You can you can keep those benefits, that's fine. So this 70 my example, 75-year-old a person here wants to stay in the house, but really the social security is not enough to pay the taxes and the insurance on the house or the maintenance. Meaning there's just not enough okay. money there. So and she has all her equity tied up in the house, meaning she doesn't have other assets, but the house Maybe she has a $150,000 house. There's no mortgage. So all her equity is tied up in the house, but she can't, she can't basically get at it except for this reverse mortgage. So she takes the reverse mortgage. She's 75, even with the deep discount and the points uh, and the costs and charges up front, it gives her enough dough to basically be able to pay the taxes, pay the insurance, and live in the house because she has no mortgage payments, you see. But... But it gets to be a balance of how disciplined that individual is. So it doesn't really give her a lot of extra spending money. It's it, it really can, just it can to give pay you the equity. So let's say it's one hundred and fifty, and let's say you can pull out after expenses sixty-eight thousand dollars. So now she has a pot of sixty-eight thousand dollars sitting there yeah. in front of her. Mm-hmm. She's seventy-five years of age. She can draw that as a line and not draw it or draw it. She can get an established monthly payment. Let's say she says, I want to take out $1,000 a month. You know what I mean? To meet, meet bills. She can do that. She can take it out in a lump sum. But the deal is to be disciplined enough to make that money last. To make that money last. Because if you go through that av- available funds, there is no more way that you can draw your money out. You've just exhausted it. Then who's going to pay the taxes and the insurance, because if you are personally responsible for paying your taxes and insurance, and if you don't do that, that's an event of default. They can foreclose on you. And that's why I'm mostly thumbs down. Right You're thumbs down? Duncan okay. Yeah. For the most part, there may be a few circumstances that make sense. But for the most part, I'm not a fan. And so let's use Duncan's example. So there's $68,000 available. Well, don't forget those closing costs. They may have gotten rolled into the deal, but perhaps... Uh, the, right. the, those closing costs are going to hit you to the tune of six or $7,000. So now, um, you know, mom's, mom's available line to her of $68,000 is now down to $60,000. It costs 6% costs. At least. onerous. 6% closing costs. Very high. Very high because origination fee, FHA premium, title insurance, settlement fees, recording fees you know, tax escrow fees, yeah. You name it, they and just keep going it. on and There's on It's like on. about 12 to 15 different fees that attend this. And that's the real killer. And in the same example, she may be eligible for a home equity line of credit. And those fees are not applicable. A lot of those fees are absorbed by the financial institution that's giving you the, the HELOC. Um, so, so in that case, she has access to her equity in her home. 
the interest rate is typically lower on a HELOC than it is on a reverse mortgage. Okay. So you're paying less in interest in the long run. And um, again, it's, uh, it's allowing her to stay in her home. If you determine, though, that she cannot make these payments, she's simply not going to be able to pay the taxes, not going to be able to pay the principal and interest that's due on the home equity, then you have to make a hard decision with her. Um, and, and that hard decision may be the sale of the home because the sale of the home, remember, now creates a lot of dollars for her. So he's not, it's not a borrowing situation. She now potentially has, if the home's worth $150,000, she has $150,000 available to her to move on to whatever may make sense. So whether it's a downsized apartment or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, a lot more money available now to her uh, by not having to make those Payments for taxes, payments for um, principal and interest, and, uh, and and life, I think, becomes less stressful than worrying well, about this. I feel like now that you guys are talking about this, it's just a really small, small group that could take advantage. Because let's say, I mean, you would hope that you have some money in savings or you spent your whole life working hard. You would hope you have a 401k or some money. You're not totally just living on Social Security. That's the ideal situation, right? That's our goal in life. That's the goal and objective. From my experience, usually when this was being used, there was 100% there was no mortgage on the house. The house was not a $500,000 house. It was a $125,000 house. The woman had been there. Usually the husband had died. The woman was there. She was in her mid-70s somewhere, wanted very much to stay in the home. That's her security that's what she liked. Yeah. She wasn't thinking about downsizing you know, or she wanted to stay in apartment that house living. Yeah. And she had 100% equity in the house or close to 100%. Equity. Yeah. So that you take, you take kind of the, the, the chance when you're paying on a $150,000 home. I'm referencing an example here. 150000 estimated value of the home. Uh, we're looking at after expenses. $68,753 available. That's what's available to after expenses. The expenses in this setting were $9,846. Jeez. Up front, and just document prep, flood cert, counseling fee, MERS registration, mortgage insurance premium, origination fee, repair administration, settlement or closing fee, tax cert fee, appraisal fee, credit report fee, yeah. endorsements of title, lender's title insurance, recording charges for the mortgage and a tax so all this stuff he's talking about, I actually went online and did, did, did a little more research to find yeah. out what happens outside of this country. So Canada has uh, Canada does indeed do reverse mortgages, but y- in order to qualify for a reverse mortgage and be able to take one out, you have to seek legal, independent legal advice prior to actually being able to close on a reverse mortgage. Now there is there is an FHA requirement for counseling, meaning you must in fact go to a certified and approved FHA counselor who has to review all of this with you, and you have to bring that certificate to closing that you've been, now you pay for that. You know, you pay for the counseling, Mm -hmm. but you have to go to counseling. So they do do that. But the problem is, if you've got someone who's elderly, okay, and the counselor is telling what's going on with this product, if I were to get into the nitty-gritty of this product with you, you would have a hard time understanding it, let alone someone 
who is quite elderly, trying to explain how this whole thing works, what yeah. their costs are, yeah. what their interest rate is going to be, how it's going to change, how you can use the well, money. Well, that's why this is so disheartening. The companies mm-hmm. that are pushing this, knowing, preying on the fact that they're going to be confused. It, 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 I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And it took me a fair amount of time. I've written articles. I've lectured on this subject. And it's a complex yeah. product. It's a complex subject. And for an elderly person, some of my observations, even when they had the counseling, didn't make any difference no, at all because yeah. they had no idea what the counselor told them. Yeah. But they sat there. I mean, if they sat with the counselor for a period of time, well, there, then was, it counts. there was yeah. a certification. And then, I mean, I've watched this where it works, but it's in the minority. Mm-hmm. I've also watched abuse. There was abuse with financial planners at some point in time where financial planners would tell somebody, Let's go get this reverse mortgage, pull your equity out of the house, then take the proceeds and give them to me and I'll invest it for you. I'll put it in the stock market. This is the third I'll, week in a row this financial planner conversation has come yeah, up. Okay. Now, yeah. Now, it got so abusive in California that there is a certificate now that has to be signed at the closing that says no financial planner will uh-huh. be involved with this transaction and I will not be releasing any funds to a financial planner. It's That's sad. how abusive yeah. that it got. I mean, it got that way. So what has really happened to this product? I think it, they, they meant well when they started off to create the product to allow older people uh, who have minimal means to stay in their home. But like lots of things that the government creates, it ends up, after there was so much abuse of it, it ends up with such an enormous discount, so many costs up front to try and protect the government. Because remember, these are FHA-insured Loans, they're FHA insured, and they're non-recourse loans. So if the if the market value of the property goes down too dramatically, the government that's insuring this obligation has risk, okay. and they almost did away with this program. They had so much risk and so much loss in this program, they almost did away with it. But the the overall, well, we want to make sure that an elderly person can stay in their home if they have equity. They brought it back, but they increased the discount dramatically, and they stepped up the cost. So between that combination, it makes this really a product that is not the greatest product. What should we do instead then? We have an elderly family member who could uh, benefit from a little extra cash. Owns their home, mortgage is paid off, Help us crunch the numbers. What options do they have? Absolutely. So again, we're kind of working along with this $150,000 okay. um, concept of yeah, value, home is, yeah. right? value yep. on the home. Uh, a home equity line of credit allows you to borrow up to 80%, sometimes even higher than that on the actual value of the loan. So the amount that you can borrow is certainly more. We've already talked about the closing costs, right? There isn't nearly yep. as much in the way of closing costs. But absolutely, and, and obviously the lender takes this into account when they're looking at whether or not a person can qualify for a home equity line of credit. Do they have enough incoming um, dollars to be able to make those payments along the way? And um, that's that's obviously critically important. If they do, clearly uh, doing a line of credit makes a lot more sense than doing a reverse mortgage. If they don't, I think a real, as I mentioned before, a real serious conversation around whether this, again, we'll go back to this example, 75-year-old person really should be staying in the home long term. Mm. That's that's a hard discussion to have with family members, but at the end of the day, um, from a convenience standpoint, from a a care standpoint, uh, I I would argue that it may make sense to find another situation where there isn't 
nearly as much ongoing costs, maintenance of the home and taxes, yeah. et cetera. Why does the person need the equity in the home to begin with? So would you even entertain the idea of refinancing the house? Probably not in this case. You know, when you refinance, there there are if you're going to take out a fixed mortgage, yeah, there, there are more closing costs typically in a fixed rate mortgage refinance than there is taking out a, a home equity line. And does she indeed qualify for that fixed rate mortgage? So oh. can See, she can she afford the payment? That's the oh. deal. The difference is that they have to qualify for that mortgage. One of the qualifications is credit. One of them is appraised value. One is the interest rate they're going to use, et cetera. But they're looking at credit. So if the individual, in terms of their assets and liabilities, doesn't check out, then they can't get into that kind oh, of a loan, okay. you see. So that was part of the social engineering of this program, is to say, at least initially it was. Initially, yeah. Initially it was, but now, but now because they had so many defalcations, now they look at credit, and if they look at credit, they don't look at credit like a bank would look at credit to qualify for a traditional mortgage, but they look to see if the person has the ability to pay the taxes and the insurance. And if the credit is a little iffy-diffy, they can also, in addition to that 9000 some odd dollars, they can set up a tax escrow for the estimated balance of your life. So they can also deduct from the principal amount of the money what they estimate to be the taxes and the insurance premiums for the rest of your life. I guess you're getting nothing. So, okay. you know, so they just keep winnowing the thing down because there's that balance of protecting the federal government that's insuring this loan against the social engineering of someone getting this kind of an instrument. So, you know, after the government got wounded enough because there were a lot of defalcations, government said, whoops, we got to raise the discount rate. We're going to raise the premium, you know, the FHA premium yeah. uh, uh, to protect ourselves. Got to have a big pot, see, in case the thing goes south. They also, it's kind of interesting because you, you do two notes and you do two mortgages. You do a note and mortgage to the lender. Then you do a note and mortgage to HUD. That's in case the lender goes out of business. HUD's still obligated to let you draw this money, even oh. if your bank disappears. So that's kind of a little bit of a unique thing. But I think you got a pretty good idea that this is a product that will only be used in a very limited, a very limited situation. Very limited. You know, very okay. limited situation. Wouldn't be a universal product. And that's why most lenders are out of this business. Okay. They're not in this business. And you guys anymore. don't even have Family we First. We at Family First, we don't offer the product. And, you know, getting back to your question around why wouldn't you just refinance for 30 years when you're 75 years old? Remember, your estate still owes the debt. So if you take out a really big mortgage and you pass so away, say, your estate is still going to owe the banker credit union the But they'll sell the due. house at that point? Assuming that the value of the home can cover, yes, what the, uh, what the borrowing is, which is typically the case. So you think home equity, line of credit, if they need money... Above anything else? Assuming they qualify because it's the lowest cost way of doing it for them. It doesn't have nearly that level of closing costs in place. Yeah. There's always a trade-off because the trade-off against the traditional qualification for a mortgage is the fact that you really don't need to qualify in a traditional sense. You really, it's related to the appraised value of the house and your age and the interest rate. But they do a credit check on you. So if you have any tax liens, if you have any state tax liens, if you have any federal tax liens, plus any mortgage, all has to be paid off out of the proceeds. You got to be clean. They have to have a first mortgage lien on the property. Can't have any other mortgage. Can't be a second. Can't be subordinated to anything. 
So there's an awful lot that one has to go through as a trade-off against not having the credit to get a traditional mortgage. And, and the trade-off, as the product has evolved, seems to be less and less favorable to an elderly well, Fonzie is uh, is really scamming us. You know the commercial. <laughs> yeah. That's all I. We think were of. laughing out in the uh, in in the uh, breezeway there talking about well, that. I'm so has been on there recently Fonzie. too. I know. Fonzie. But if you notice, there hasn't been a lot of advertising. But when they do advertise uh, for reverse mortgages, they've got a big personality that yeah. uh, people Fonzie can recognize. probably wow. doesn't really understand the product. I mean, well, Fonzie's getting older. Maybe he's got hoodwinked too. Fonzie probably understands the product. Oh my gosh! They make they make just a few key points when they do that marketing. One is you don't give up title to the property, and that's true. And two, they don't do a traditional credit report check on you. A traditional, they do a credit report, but it's not the traditional credit report uh, check. And then what they never talk about ever is how much money you can get out of your home because mm-hmm. of an enormous discount that they take based you on You think age. that you're going to get one you thing. You think yeah, you're getting $150,000 yeah. appraise? Uh-uh, you're lucky if you get half of it. If you're six, See, when you're 62, that's the bottom of the barrel when you're eligible. Now, the older you get, the more money you can get you know, out of the property. But it doesn't go up dramatically in terms of how much you get. Yeah. The discount's always substantial. And the cost. They go right along. So the 2% origination fee, and it's a $300,000, let's say, dollar amount out. It's 2% of $300,000 origination fee. And then the FHA premium on top of that, you know, another. And then all the other expenses I told you about. So uh, you don't have anyone marketing this that shares those issues with the consumer. So that's the consumer, See, that's the consumer is really not getting an accurate yep. picture of what this product is. That's why you got to educate yourself. You almost have to become, like we said last week, obsessed with your finances because... Yep. Hopefully you don't get yourself to this point, right? I mean, think about all the time you've put in and, and talked about uh, the ways to, when you get to 75, hopefully you are financially independent, right? Oh, and you don't have goal. to worry about a reverse mortgage or a home equity line of credit that you have the ability to stay in your own home. But if you don't, and, and this is the way I've, you know, I feel strongly about this, if you don't, you have to make some really hard decisions about whether you should continue to stay mm-hmm. in that home. That'll be a good discussion for a future show, how to protect your assets when you are at the point of talking about and thinking about nursing home care, now, right? That's 12000 bucks a month, I think. is It's a whole other subject. See, while this product is not limited in how you can use it, you can really use this product for health care costs. You can use it for a vacation. You can use it for really anything you want to use it for. The problem is you can't get enough out of your yeah. home because of it's the huge discount in the closing costs mm-hmm. and because you got to pay off your mortgage. You just can't get enough out to make it viable when you look at those closing costs. Yeah. Because if there's 10 grand that's gone at closing and you die two years later, you just sucked out an enormous amount of money of equity yeah. out of your home. Now, this money does, you just pay back what you drew plus the interest, and your estate pays it back. Your estate still owns the property. And that can be shared with your heirs and that kind of stuff. But usually, at this level, there's not a whole lot of dough just because of the problem. It seems to me that the product is going in a direction that now is protecting the federal government. More than it more is than the than elderly. More the benefit yeah. to the borrower is getting out of the product. And I think that 
sums it up pretty much as our return on investment. Uh, you dedicated your time to this podcast, and we appreciate it. The ROI is reverse mortgages. Thumbs down. <laughs> right? Is that safe to say? Yeah. Look at other avenues to I take care of mom that's, and dad. That's a good recommendation, Sandy. Look yeah. at other avenues of a way to finance, either selling, downsizing, sec, you know, putting on a home equity, uh, a mortgage on your property. There are other ways that are better financially for the consumer than this product. Duncan, I'm uh, curious about your thoughts on uh, seeking legal counsel around uh, disposing of assets prior to sort of getting into the situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Our law firm, one of our partners, Mm -hmm. heads our trust and estates department, and she does Medicare planning, Medicaid planning. Her name is Nancy McKinley, and she knows her stuff. She's about 18 years into the practice of nothing but trust in the states. We got to get her in. And and she can talk about okay. this estate planning. Yeah. And she is someone who can share with you. She does this all the time. She works with financial planners, but she basically does this estate planning. I mean, she, she has lots and lots of clients who come to her and need this help, need this, particularly older clients. They've got so much dough they're trying to figure out, what do I do with this money? You know, do I get it out of the stock market and put it into fixed obligations? Do I get involved with annuities? Do I sell my house? Do I, you know, what do I do with all these things? They're yeah. all normal questions that are asked. And she is just superb at guiding people. Okay. So we're going to invite Nancy. and that's Nancy a, McKinley. That's a good tease. Yeah, okay. She's wonderful. It's going to be a podcast coming up soon. I'll tell Nancy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It was great. As always, it was a blast. And great fun to meet you. What credit cards do you have in your wallet right now? What's your go-to credit card? Next week, we're going to cash in with a guy who has dedicated his time to searching out the best credit card. The one that offers the best rewards, making your money stretch further. Charles Barkowski, founder of RunningWithMiles.com, next week on 7 Figures. Presented by Family First Credit Union. Thank you so much for subscribing on iTunes and Google Play and checking us out on RochesterBuzz.com. See you next week.